0: Hey, Bestie, I'm Taylor. And I'm Morgan. We are the hosts of Creeps and Crimes Podcast. Every Thursday, Morgan takes us on a deep dive into a paranormal case or a conspiracy theory. And Taylor will bring you a detailed and accurate reporting on a true crime case. Since we launched in 2020, we have never missed a Thursday. With over 160 episodes ready for you to binge, you will never run out of cases. And you can follow
1: along on Instagram at Creeps and Crimes Podcast. Whether you're in the car or enjoying a glass of wine, tune in every Thursday to Creeps and Crimes. Welcome to Real Pod. It's your host Victoria Garrick Brown and this is the podcast where we hold nothing back. Welcome back to Real Pod. I am so excited and I have so much energy because it's Taylor week. It's Taylor week. That means that literally when you are hearing this and when this episode comes out, I will be like less than 24 hours away from seeing Taylor in the Eras tour. I'm going on Thursday and I'm also going on Friday. I know I'm one of God's chosen ones. I'm so freaking lucky and so excited and I can't Wait. So I will be covering it all. And I've been posting lots of fun content this week already on Instagram and TikTok and all the places. And I will, of course, be doing a recap of the concert uh, with Max because he's coming with me. Well, you know, Max can chime in because I don't know if Max will have much, you know, value to add. Actually, hopefully he does. I think when he goes and when he sees it, He already is a Taylor fan. Like he respects our queen and he definitely likes her music. And like he's warmed up over the years of the explaining videos, 100%. But I truly think after he watches her like literally perform this three hour plus show he's going to be at a new level of blown away by Taylor and a fan. So I'm so excited. So that's next week's episode. So make sure you're subscribed and you're tuning in so that you don't miss a thing. Anyways, we have a great episode for you today. I've been really excited for this one to come out. I'm sitting down with a friend of mine, Christina Zias and one of her best friends, Rayanne Langus. They are the hosts of the Confident Collective podcast. They are two incredible women. They're both plus size models. They've built unreal followings, combined having over a million people who follow them for their confidence, style tips, and inspiration. These girls are just the best. They're so fun to talk to. We go all over the place. And if you enjoyed my episode with Sam Previte, which so many of you did, you are going to love this episode. Before we get started, I want to give a shout out to Sid Hall. What's up, Sid? Sid left a five-star review, said, here for it, taking the toxicity out of the world. I've followed Vic for a while and really admire all the positivity. I find that I relate and align with all of these podcast episodes, and I love hearing the growth and implementing these strategies in my own life, specifically intuitive Eating, life changing. I owe it all to Vic for not caring about being skinny and just embracing my body for how it has changed and what it is craving. I love starting my Wednesdays with Real Pod. Said, oh my gosh, ah, this is just everything that I want with people who listen to the show and listen to my content. So thank you so much. And I know you're going to love Christina and Rayanne today because we are talking about body image, self-love, all the things, but relating it to everyday social situations and pop culture and fashion this is a fun one. Thanks again, Sid, for your review. And thanks to each and every one of you for tuning in and listening today. If you want to leave me a rating or a review wherever you listen, that would mean the world. And you just might be the shout out on next week's episode. So without further ado, let's get started and kick off this interview with Christina ZS and Rayanne Langus. Christina, Rianne, welcome to Real Pod. This has been a long time coming. I know. I'm so excited. I feel like we've been talking about this for, wait, since last Coachella. We've known each other for years now. I know. Yeah, time I, flies. How did you
2: guys meet? I don't even know how you met we originally. We first
1: met at the panel that we did for Raw. Oh, calls. yes, 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 yeah. Yeah. And, and then, then we then, saw each other again at Coachella. Yeah. The boys bonded. I know. The boys did bond. <laughs> Steve's always like, I love
0: Max. He's a cool I kid. Know, it's Max really cute. am says that about
1: Steve, too, because there's not many, like, guys who are just normal brought to these things that aren't, like... Influencer men that so are like, true. just, you know, don't like kind of robots. <laughs> yeah, like they're Instagram husbands, kind of, but not really. Like they don't actually fit the prototype. Right, right. They're there like wishing they could be anywhere else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, Rayanne, we had I've never met, but you've done a lot with one of my best friends, Ella. And so yeah. I feel like I've seen you through her content and just glad to put a face to a name. I know. I'm glad to finally be here. This is so fun. Yeah, I'm excited. And in thinking about like what even to talk about today, the first thing I thought was, I'm sure all of us can relate, and you guys have mentioned this on your own podcast, Confident Collective, to a desire to be like past all of the body image stuff. And I don't want to say advocating because we love advocating and helping other people, but like just a life outside of like the body image issues or eating disorder. I don't know. Do you guys have eating disorders? I had one. No. No? Okay. Well, that's great for y'all. <laughs> I'll talk about mine on your podcast. Just, you know, to be like moving through your life past this being like every single thing everyone asks or says to you about. I mean, do you feel that way?
2: Yeah, I think like I've definitely had conversation. Christina and I kind of actually have different opinions on this sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like I had to be banging on about it all the time. Like if I had a photo I wanted to post in a bikini, I felt like almost like I had to talk about like the rolls on my stomach where I don't have a flat stomach or the cellulite. And I just was like, kind of like, why can't I just post this and not have to say that? And I think a lot of women who are in larger bodies feel that when it's like, you get a comment, oh, you're so brave, like to wear that or to do that. But if someone in the smaller body did that, there would never be that comment. So sometimes I just wish like we could get to a point where we don't have to be making it about our bodies all the time. But I do think on that same, like on the other side of the coin, like there's still so much work to be done, so those conversations need to be had. Yeah,
0: I, I see both sides of it as well too, because I don't think that you have to comment and almost like make an excuse for existing in your body. However, right now, like this is the first time in a long time I have felt insecure in my body, and I think I'm just going through like postpartum stuff. I had a baby four months ago that just kind of just made me like feel insecure for the first time, honestly, in like several several years that I'm like, wait, no, seeing that representation, hearing people, seeing people talk about it actually really helps me a lot, too. So I I think that I just like being that
1: representation for other people, too. Mm -hmm. It's funny you said that you're currently in a place where you're feeling a bit insecure. I just had that. And it's odd because, you know, you do so much work. People look to you for your confidence and the things that you say. So then when you have those weeks or months, you're like, what is going on with me? Mm -hmm. This is not me. And mine was more around food. I had a binge eating disorder. So when I catch myself overthinking what I'm eating and thinking, oh, Max must think I'm eating a lot or he's looking at me. And then my voice is like, "Okay, well, we can eat this later. And then I'm like, oh, no, then we're going to start creating the secrecy and then that's going to lead to the binge and the restriction. But I just I found that I when I spoke it to him and I was like, this is really weird, but I am super in my head about what you're thinking about me and my body. And that just conversation, I was like, oh, Okay, and it really helped things. Uh, what's the word for not intensify? What's the opposite of intensify? Ameliorate. Okay, that's. <laughs> wow. that's Wait, I'm of, <laughs> that, that's gonna clearly not sound like a word that can come from my brain. But thank you, Christiana. We're gonna leave that in. So, uh, yeah, ameliorate. I was gonna
2: say de Yeah, No, that.
1: That's probably true. It helps things de-escalate. What did you do that's kind of helped you?
0: Okay, well, that's really interesting because I always say, I feel like talking to Steve, like he is my rock. He helps me like just see things from an outside perspective and get out of my head. But honestly, I think for me, it's just so hormonal that I'm just like trying to show myself grace. But I have found myself being so insecure in so many ways and comparing myself to others. And yeah, like I feel like insecure in my body at times, but not to the point where like I want to change anything or like it doesn't affect my mood. I'm just like, "Uh, okay, like I've looked better before, but it's more of just like this overall comparison that I find myself doing to like everything and everyone. And I just don't feel like myself. And I think that's just very much honestly, like going through, going through it postpartum wise.
1: And because you mentioned comparison and that you didn't want to change. So are you comparing yourself to people who are like in your space or you're looking Mm -hmm. at the society beauty standard? Both. Okay. So I'm comparing
0: people that are in my space, like career wise, I find myself doing that a lot too. people who don't have kids, but then I'm also comparing myself to myself. So, okay, I just had a baby and I'm like the only pregnant person to lose weight while they're pregnant. Like I had my baby and was 20 pounds, 25 pounds lighter than when I got pregnant. And it was just weird. So when I had my baby, everyone was like, oh, my gosh, like you look so good. Mm -hmm. Or like, oh, my gosh, like my family or people would say things like, what are you doing to like maintain your weight now that you've lost this weight?
1: I can't believe people say that to you given your whole career. I know. It's so crazy. Are they not (laughs) reading anything you post? No, I don't (laughs) think they are.
0: Or they like don't believe it or they just have their own work to do, I, I guess. So I think that really got to me. So then I ended up gaining weight again. Like and I got back to my normal weight that I was when I first had baby. And like, by the way, I lost 20 pounds because I just get really sick while I'm pregnant. And so then I almost like at times I was like, wait, like, am I, it almost made me feel like a failure a little bit, but not because of like how I felt. It was just because I was internalizing what other people were saying.
1: Mm-hmm. And Ryan, are you in a relationship? No, I'm single. I think that's great. I want to throw that into the mix because <laughs> yeah. we mentioned how bouncing things off of our partners were helpful. What does that make you think? And who are you talking to? Are you working through it yourself or
2: best friend? I mean, honestly, it's so funny, like kind of on the relationship thing. I always like talk about how that with like dating men, like that is my biggest insecurity. Like that's what brings out where I feel the most self-conscious about my body. Like we just had this whole pool party with all these women. And like when I'm in my career and with like girls like you guys, like I feel so confident. And then I get around men and in like a romantic dating setting, that is where I struggle the most. But I really rely on like my female friendships are so important to me. And I know, Victoria, your female friendships are huge for you as well. Like that is where I, you know, I don't have a partner. And that's where I really rely on when I'm kind of like struggling with confidence, which to be honest, similar to Christina, like the last few months have been like tough for me too. Like I feel like so much pressure with all this talk around like Ozempic. Ozempic, just seeing like the Kardashians. Like, I feel like so many people are just like drastically losing weight. And it is like, I'm like, whoa, like I'm I'm thinking about it more than I have in a long time. Mm -hmm. Which is totally human. It's Mm -hmm. literally
1: every time we pull out our phones. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't weigh myself. And so another thing that popped into my mind recently was this I haven't weighed myself so technically I have no idea if I have gained weight. What if I have and everyone around me thinks it and no one's saying anything. And oh my God, I'm like, Max totally thinks it. Like, which is also annoying because I feel like I've done so much work to try to improve the internalized fat phobia and encourage myself that weight gain isn't a bad thing. And I don't have to be thinner. And then it's like this voice in your head that you don't feel like aligns with you anymore. But it, when it sees the door crack open, it just loves to dive in. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: But I think it's good to like just even vocalize that, like you said that you did with Max the other day, because it's like, I feel like you like preach this stuff and you feel like I am so confident. I feel good. And then you almost have like imposter syndrome because then you're like, wait, but I like I'm having these thoughts. And it's like, that is so normal. And I think, too, if someone is listening to this and they struggle with their confidence, it's a kind of intimidating to look at someone and be like, well, she's never like she always just feels good. She always like she doesn't struggle at all. Like, I just think that's a little bit unrealistic. Yeah. And like it's good to vocalize it so we know like, okay, we're a community in this and you're not just alone thinking like you're going crazy.
0: Yeah, I feel like we always say confidence is a journey, Mm -hmm. right? Like it ebbs and flows through the different stages of life. And I feel like it's okay if you're going downhill a little bit because you'll like find yourself right back up there.
1: I was just packing for a new trip and I threw in my favorite sneakers from Vionic. I love Vionic because not only do they have the best curated styles to get you in the summer mood wherever the season takes you, They have heels, they have sandals, they have slippers, and all of Vionics' shoes are made with Vionics exclusive VioMotion technology. That's what truly sets them apart. They began by revolutionizing medical orthotics. Today, they continue to use that science to engineer shoes that leave you feeling energized and confident all day. So, the ones that I packed are called the Miles 2. I got them in white, although there's other color options. And I love them because they have built in arch support. And I could not do a like two to three, four, five hour travel day with no support in my shoes. Like that's just not going to happen for me because my feet are already very flat and that support is very important to me. And I feel it through my whole body. The best thing is that Bionic offers a 30 day risk-free trial. So wear them, love them, or return them for a full refund within 30 days. If you're not satisfied for any reason. And all of Vionics' shoes are made with Vionics exclusive Vio Motion technology. Head to www.vionicshoes.com and use code RealPod15 at checkout for 15% off your first order. That's RealPod15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at www.vionicshoes.com. This episode of RealPod is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you know me, listen to the show and follow my Instagram, you know I am frequently referencing therapy, my therapist, what I learn in therapy because it is so, so helpful to talk through anything you're dealing with in life with a professional. Whether you're dealing with decisions around career, relationships, or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So if you have one of those schedules where you're busy and you're traveling or your work days are different or you have kids or you're not sure because it's summer and you want to go with the flow... BetterHelp is designed to be convenient and flexible so you can make it suit your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. It's like dating, okay? You get to meet with this therapist and if you are not vibing, then you can switch for no charge at any time. And hopefully you do love your therapist, but it's great to know that this is curated, so you will have the best experience. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash RealPod today to get ten percent off your first month. That's BetterHelp Better H E L P dot com slash RealPod to get ten percent off your first month today. Sometimes when I speak about eating disorders or body image, you know, someone will come up at the end and say. I was doing so well. And then I just, you know, had this incident or these thoughts or I looked at the calories and now I'm like, Ugh, I can't believe I did that. And it almost feels like you have that diet voice of, well, everything went to shit. So mm-hmm. now I have to start from square one. And it's like, no, no, no. If we're viewing it like a line, you're just not going to get to the top and then never have problems again with your body or food. It's going to be this wave, but on an upward trajectory. 100%. And it's about like the fact that, you know, these thoughts that I was having and similar to what you guys were saying, I was able to talk through them, think through them, be compassionate and patient with myself. And it was only an odd two weeks. And now I feel like, oh my gosh, okay, I feel like myself again. Whereas before that could have led to months of a spiral.
0: Wait, can I ask you a question though? Yeah. Okay. So I know you keep saying like, what is Max thinking? What is Max thinking? I feel like Max is like your biggest cheerleader and so supporter. So like, why are those negative thoughts
1: like towards him? So great question. And it's not just about It's not Max specifically. I think it would be anyone I live with who's watching me eat. Mm -hmm. And it comes from, I think, like growing up in my household. And maybe you can relate to your grief. I feel like we have the same. Okay, continue. (laughs) Just the sometimes the comments would make me feel so much shame of like, you're really going to have more? Or like Mm -hmm. I grew up with two brothers and it was like they would literally get bigger servings than me just because I'm the Mm -hmm. girl and I shouldn't eat as much as them. So the judgment of other people on what I'm eating. And look, I had a super loving family and I would not blame my eating disorder or body issues on anyone else but myself. But for me, it's like if if there were to be a comment made, it would just feel like a wave of like a tsunami towards me. And I think for Max, because I love him so much and he is so amazing, Mm -hmm. I build up in my head if he says one thing to me, I'm going to be like, I'm never going to be able to trust you again, which Mm -hmm. he hasn't. Like in college before I really opened up to him about my issues. Yeah. He made like one comment. I had told him about a food that I binge ate, Cliff Bars. And I made a joke one time where I was like, can't leave me with the Cliff Bars. Like, you know, when you just shit on yourself. Mm -hmm. And he thought that was funny. And then like a week later we were in a gas station and there were Cliff Bars. And he was like, he said something like, watch out for the Cliff Bars. And I was like, not funny when you say You're it. Like, <laughs> Only God can say that. I'm like that's a code red, and yeah. I had to just tell him like. And I I think that's completely innocent. Like mm-hmm. he made the joke that I made and laughed at. Yeah, and so then I explained to him like, yeah, you can't do that, and he completely understood. And he's so receptive. I think it is my own insecurity of how small I would feel, even though I know I'm responsible for my own feelings. Mm-hmm. No, I
0: understand that. And I feel like our upbringings were probably really similar. I just feel like there's something about the Greek
1: culture. Does your yaya still feel you up every time you hug her? Because mine does. Well,
0: God bless her. She is no longer with us. But oh. yes, pretty much. I was saying, my grandfather, my papu, is going to be 100 years old in September. Wow. And he will comment on my appearance <laughs> during FaceTime across the country. Like, it's crazy. Like, you see me be like, oh, like which means like you gained a little weight. Or he'll be like, you have like a pimple. Why do you have that? And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I feel like for for me, it was like food is so important in a Greek household, yes. but like not if you eat too much of it, mm-hmm. like have more, have more, but like don't gain any weight. Yeah. So I always find myself being like, I always feel like I'm being watched if I'm like getting seconds. Is that, I don't yes. know if you feel like that.
1: I, I think the watched thing definitely, but I think this is important to share for anyone who's listening as well. Like My Yaya loves me so, so much. And I don't think she's, you know, toxic or anything like that. But she grew up in a different time. 100%. Where literally, I'm sure 50% of what her and her friends talked about was being thin, was food, was image. Mm -hmm. And in a way, that type of conversation almost, is how you connect with women. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're, imagine some of these women that we still know, if you couldn't talk about what you didn't like about your body, what you were eating, who looked pretty, like, if you couldn't talk about anything in that realm, what would you talk about? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, they don't have an answer for that. And they don't even have what they would say to themselves because their whole dialogue with themselves is about body and food. So that's yeah. why I've kind of developed sympathy for, you know, my Aya is, it, it, she doesn't Like that is what she was raised on. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I have learned to like not be defensive about it anymore because I think for a while I felt it was like a personal attack. And I'm like, wait a minute, like this isn't even about me. This is like Mm -hmm. their own dialogue. This is like how they grew up. And but yeah, you're absolutely right.
2: Well, it's so interesting because I've heard Christina talk a lot about this. And it's, I growing up, I mean, I'm just, my parents are from like Colorado and Detroit. Like, I'm very much American. And like, food doesn't have the same like cultural aspects around like hearing how Christina, like, food was such a thing where it like brought people together. And, you know, I'm sure your mom was like, have more, have more. But then it's like just such a, it's very interesting. But I will say growing up, my dad always taught us to like clean our plate, clean our plate, which now as I'm kind of like, gotten older and thinking about my eating habits and and that sort of thing like i definitely have had to work on like not eating to a point where i like feel sick or like i'll eat to clean my plate and i'm like cuz it's just embedded in my brain and i'm mm-hmm. like wait i'm full why can i not stop eating like yeah. it's and it's actually crazy when you start to think about how much of an impact those things have on you when you like wouldn't even think about it growing up like your dad's like you know clean your plate like mm-hmm. And the ripple effect that that has is kind of crazy.
1: That was something that I struggled with as well, just from a place of, you know, don't waste food. Yeah. What about people who would love to have this food? And actually, the time I had a breakthrough with it, I was reading Breaking Free from Emotional Eating by Janine Roth. And the chapter was literally titled... What about the starving children? Wait, I need to read that. Wait, wait, it was (laughs) transformative, this analogy she gives. Basically, she explains, once you are full, your body doesn't need any more nutrients or fuel from food. The food has already become waste. I know that's like sounds like a negative word, but because when you eat it, it's not going to be adding to your body's energy or your satisfaction because you've reached max capacity. So the food is already waste. Now it can either be waste in a Tupperware jar for tomorrow or the trash, or it can be waste that you then put into your body. And when I think about it that way, I'm like, okay, the food no longer has a purpose and it's not going to make it more real if I shove it down my throat when I'm already uncomfortably full Mm -hmm. or I like save it for later. And so that has been helpful for me because I'm like, okay, I'm not the one wasting it. It is already not Mm -hmm. purposeful in this moment because I'm full and satisfied. Interesting.
2: Yeah. What does that make you think? (laughs) No, I just have never thought of it that way because it's not bringing your body anything by just you already
1: have enough fuel and energy. Right. Yeah. So the food is not doing anything. Interesting. I it's, need
0: to read that. It's weird to have this conversation while also being a parent and trying to feed a kid. Right. Because it's like, wait, like you want them to eat and you're concerned. And it's like, no, like have another bite. And then my son will be like, no, like I don't want that. And it's like, wait, okay. Like I, it's hard to be like, yeah. fine, like listen to him. Like if he doesn't want to eat anymore, but then I also see like the side of like the parent too being like, have some more food. You need this, you know? So I like that point of view of like, okay, yeah. If he's full, like this is waste.
1: I think it's interesting though, when you're a mom, because kids don't really know their hunger cues and you're trying to help them grow and you're working with the doctors on height and weight. And I think that is like a a different situation because as much as I would love to believe kids are intuitive eaters. I had a doctor on from Kids Eat in Color and she talked all about helping kids understand their hunger cues and have a healthy relationship with food. And I mean, yeah, that's a completely different animal.
0: So Nicholas, you better eat your food. Okay. (laughs) At least he loves spinach. He likes spinach. I
2: love spinach.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they definitely, and they need that encouragement because they are just probably thinking of taste and they can't recognize, you know, what the broccoli is going to do in their body for them. And so you do have to help them eat it. Okay. Well, that know. makes me feel better. About I am it. being like, <laughs> have one more bite. <laughs> I can't even imagine having to help a kid eat and then also be like probably subconsciously assessing your own relationship with food. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I do think overall I have a good
0: relationship with food. So I think for me, I just like, I love to eat. And I uh, that food is definitely a love language for me as well. And I feel like I show love by making great meals for my family. I definitely get that from my mom. And I just want to, I want to incorporate my sons in that as much as possible. So like Nicholas cooks with me all the time and like we eat together. I honestly try to like not think that much of it.
1: Yeah. Rayanne, I want to revisit what you said about sometimes feeling insecure only in the dating setting. Mm. I'm curious what the reason is and if it's almost similar to kind of what I was saying about Max. Like, that you want them to know you're completely happy with your body and there's no future where, like, you want them to comment or insinuate change, but then you also probably don't know, like, I mean, what do you assume with the average guy you go on a date with?
2: I mean, it's hard because, like, you think about, like, a traditional dating setting now. Like, a lot of times it is at, like, bars or out. It's a lot of times where you meet people, especially I live in New York, so, like, everyone's drinking and at bars all the time. Like, that is what you do. And... I, we actually did an episode on this because about, oh my gosh, it was like over a year ago now, but I had like a breakdown because I just kept seeing this pattern of like what men were attracted to. It was always my thinner friends. If I was going out, like I never got approached. And also I'm 5'11 too. So like, I'm just like a tall, big girl. Like, and I like love that now. Like, I'm like, I am an Amazonian woman. Like my dad told me that when <laughs> I was late. like 16. And I was like, Oh my god, that's not helping, dad. I don't want to be an Amazonian woman, but now I embrace it. But anyway, I digress. But I guess like to be honest, I go back and forth and I'm working through this. So I'll just talk it through because I think it's fine not to have like a completely like everything figured out. But like I do think that men sometimes are more behind than like women are with these conversations and like maybe I need to give them more credit, but like in my experience like Men are the ones who have treated me differently because of my size, more so than women. The first time I told a guy I liked him, he said, how much do you weigh? So I think th- things happen throughout your life. And I think I need to work on letting go of some of that. But it is hard when you are out. And I think I've talked to other friends about this, too. Like, and you seem to always be passed over. You're like, OK, what is the common factor here? And I do think you are treated differently because of your size sometimes, especially when it comes to men and dating. But at the same time, I do think there are men out there who will love me. I look at people, you know, like Christina and her husband and other people who are in loving relationships in a bigger body. And that's so like, I'm like, fuck, yeah, like there are guys out there and I just need to continue working on myself and like feeling good in my body and attracting those men who are going to love me for who I am. As one of her best friends, what does it make you think? And do you reflect on your dating period? Yeah, I mean, I
1: always tell her because I see both sides of it too. She's always like, You're putting that out there. <laughs> I do sometimes think she's
0: putting that out there. But when I think about like dating and I think about when I was younger, like in college, I always felt like that as well. I was like, Wait, I have all these great relationships. Like all these guys I'm like good friends with, they think I'm funny. Like, why does no one ever want to go after me? Like, why is it always my other friend? And then this one time, like one of my best guy friends, I was complaining to him about it. And he was like, Christina, you're an alpha female. And like, (laughs) you don't want any of these guys. Like they literally wouldn't know what to do with you. You need like an alpha male. You need like the right guy. And I feel like I found my person and I feel like you will too. You know what I mean? I just feel like these guys that maybe are passing over you, like you don't even want them anyways. You know what I mean? They're They're filtering out themselves. They're filtering out themselves. Exactly. So I kind of see both sides of it, but I do kind of feel like there's an energy you put out.
2: But I do say, I feel like I have done a lot of work to be putting out like confident energy. You, you do do and that. I, and you know, I just think it's like the reality sometimes of like dating as a curvy girl or plus size woman. Like there are different factors to it. Yeah. You know who does this and it is a magical
1: superpower? Ella. Mm-hmm. I have not had a friend in my life where every time we go out without fail, four to five dudes she can choose from when she walks in and I watch her and it's so inspiring for me because she like truly has developed this aura that's like like I said I don't have a friend that pulls harder than Ella and I just think it has a lot to do with energy but like, no I
0: do think aura <laughs> well, is a
1: big thing that's what Steve says and I think yeah. it's
0: like actually really annoying sometimes I'm like what is that but my husband no, Steve's be- always like it's the aura he was
1: like, uh, he'd be like, what attracted you to Christina? He was like, it was her aura. And I'm yeah. like, what? <laughs> yeah. And obviously Ella's fucking stunning. So I would expect nothing less than like everyone drilling over her. And she has but this. But so is Ray. Yes, yes, yes.
2: <laughs> no, but I mean, I've gone out with Ella too. And like she, that girl is so confident. We fucking love it. Maybe like, we it's all like need a- to go to Camp Ella and learn how to pull
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think another part of this conversation is just like the pressure on women to find a partner and to settle down. Yeah. Do you feel like that from family or from friends? I feel like we are in this new era where I actually saw this TikTok where a woman was like me at 30 with no man and kids looking around for all the depressed loneliness i was supposed to be experiencing because like she's not
2: she's thriving (laughs) yeah thriving i mean i don't feel any pressure from my family i don't feel pressure from my friends if anything when i do feel pressure it's from myself because like at the end of the day i do want a partner but i would say i feel very lucky that like most of my friends like a lot of them are single which does help i think when i start to feel pressure is when like people, more people around me start getting into relationships. And I'm like, like last summer, like everyone of my friends was in a relationship. Christina's always married. Steve, she's always been married since I knew her. So Steve's just like, she's a part of the gang. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I was like, oh my God, like no one told me we were getting into relationships. Like that's when I feel pressure. But also I do just think it's really silly how much pressure we put on romantic relationships. And that's like with the Confident Collective and like everything we do, like female community and female friendships is so, so important. And honestly, it's been like life changing for me. And I think it is kind of just like silly how much pressure we put on just romantic relationships. Like we only celebrate when you get engaged, when you get married. And like, there are so many women out there who are doing incredible badass things, buying houses on their own, like fucking having kids on their own, doing so much and they don't get celebrated because they're doing it alone. Mm -hmm. I just think it's stupid. And
1: I think it's better to go at your own pace than get into a relationship because everyone is and Mm -hmm. be wasting time with someone who's not endgame. Yeah. That to me, like I, yeah, I'm a big never settle, like find that person. Yeah, same. Do you guys have any things that come up for you now with body image or confidence that are like maybe triggers for you or things that you avoid because, you know, like it's just not helpful or doesn't keep the peace. And then I think on the other side of that, what are like some of the boundaries or things you've set up to kind of maintain a positive relationship with yourself? Because I know I've certainly done that.
0: I think for me, like the biggest boundary I have just set is with people in my life to like not comment on their bodies or not comment on my body Because I feel like I wake up happy and I wake up confident. And it's not until someone like says something to me that I'm like,
1: why would you ever make a comment about my body? So setting up those boundaries with my family has really helped me a lot. For me, like if I'm not having a great body day, like I'm not going to try on a bunch of clothes and I'm going to go for like an outfit that I know is tried and true. Mm -hmm.
0: I find myself really struggling to shop right now. And honestly, I have for like the past couple of years. And I feel like something I just need to stop doing is going to the mall.
2: Literally every time you go to the mall, I'm like, why the hell are you
0: going to the mall? I know, but I don't learn my freaking lesson. And I guess like, I don't know why I like to do it, but I just, I cannot go shopping in a mall. I cannot find a single thing that fits me. And no matter how confident I am to like go into fitting room after fitting room and nothing fit, it takes me back to when I was like 16 years old looking for palm dresses, like crying in every fitting room because nothing fits. So I feel like I I still do this to myself, but as we're talking about it, I'm like that is something I need to stop because even if I like order a bunch of things and I try them on at home and they don't fit, I'm like whatever, like they're lost. But for some reason, being in a fitting room in a store with nothing working like definitely triggers me. And I'm a size XL 14. Yeah. Like what the heck? Yeah. Like I, clothes should be fitting. Like I I mean you should find clothes no matter what your size is, but the fact that like as an extra large, I can't go into a mall. With hundreds of stores and find one article of clothing is a serious freaking problem. I'm I'm infuriated right now. <laughs> we need to change this.
1: Yeah. And what do you think like the steps are to that? Obviously, there's awareness and there's talking about it. Is there a world where like your hope is for women in smaller bodies to boycott stores or to bring the concern? And honestly, I'm I'm just gonna be myself on shit too, but I do feel really embarrassed and bad if I link something and it doesn't go past XL. I'm like, this is fucked, Vic. I don't want anyone to click on a link of something I'm wearing and not see a bigger size. But sometimes when you see the ad pop up and you really like the thing and it looks cute, you order it. And I'm like, should I stop doing that? I don't place yeah.
0: blame on smaller friends at all. Absolutely not. I don't, I don't think, like, I understand the whole idea of boycotting and, like, maybe that will help get the message across like, how the is brands. Brandy Melville
1: that. still in business?
0: I walked past <laughs> one the other crazy. day. I can't yeah, fit into anything crazy. at Brandy Melville. I don't, I don't think I would, like, be able to fit into anything there past the age of five. Are you kidding no. me? Like,
1: <laughs> the age of five. No, I was, like, fourteen, but, size 14 when I was in high school, too. The fact that I walked past one the other day and was like, it's 2023 and mm-hmm. there's just a Brandy Melville here and no one, like, we just, whatever. But... I have, I have thin privilege in that I only recognize it when I pass the Brandy Melville. Whereas as you're saying, when you go to the mall, whereas when I go to the mall, I'm not thinking about it, which Mm -hmm. is the thin privilege. And it's, and then I feel shitty when I, and I think about that. And then I'm like, I'm part of the problem because I'm just going with a system that benefits my body. Yeah, I understand that, but I don't think you're part of the problem. I I think that there's only so much that we can
0: do. And I think that for me, like what I try and do is just continue to advocate for brands that have more inclusive sizing and just share as much of that as possible because... Like for me, sometimes I find myself, too, I'm like, why am I even supporting brands where I can find like fit into their size XL and I can barely fit into it if I'm like the largest size they have.
2: But then it's like it is so hard to shop. Like, I think if any woman finds something that they really like and it makes them feel confident, I'm like, wear it. Like, it's so hard to find something. I mean, I struggle with that, too. Like at the dress I'm wearing today is from Urban Outfitters and I'm wearing like the largest size that they have. Mm -hmm. But it's like when you're searching and searching for something, it's like, yeah, how much like what's the line? I think of what you can do and I think like having a platform you can speak up and be like like I always say like oh my gosh I love like reformation for example um and I was just talking to my friend about this and I was just like yeah all of their cute stuff is like in their right regular straight sizes Remy
1: just posted a video about this wait did Did you see it literally this morning Remy Bader posted reformation she goes whenever it's cute I click on it and doesn't have my size. It goes up to size 12. And then online. I click on mine and it's all flowy and roughly, mm-hmm. and it's none of the cute stuff. Okay. And
0: none of the current like summer to, patterns. Yeah, colors, brand yeah. to validate you. Like that okay, other feel the exact same way.
2: Okay, we'll see. And I think Remy, like making a video about it, like perfect. Like so let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. But I think if you do find something you shouldn't feel guilty about buying it and wearing it if it makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's also so hard though too because like we're both similar sizes but
0: we have really b- different body types. I think for me, like I... I still like, get triggered a little bit by that, like especially with stores like Zara.
2: Oh, Zara is literally... Like, I hate Zara so
0: much. I freaking hate Zara. I have this video that has like over 30 million views and it's me trying on the largest sizes in Zara and not a single thing fits me. And I think why I get so infuriated with Zara is because it's in almost like every single mall in America. Like everyone shops at Zara.
1: Every cute girl on Pinterest, it's like, where'd you get this from? Zara. Funny that you said that because when we walked into this interview and sat down and you guys said you love my body, Sue, and I said... I think it's from Zara. Oh, I didn't. Like, know. About no, it. no, no, that, <laughs> no, no! That didn't trigger me. But my next thought was, why the fuck did you just say that? Because I know they're not inclusive. <laughs> no, but no see, that doesn't bother me at all. Like that has
0: nothing to do with you. Like uh, to me, like I think you should be able to wear whatever you want to wear.
2: Like I'm like, sweating them. over there. No, no, She's no.
1: Over I'm <laughs> not sweating. But and I and I do think there's a lot of people who, not, who are not even thinking. Like they'd be mm-hmm. like, "Come to Zara with me." Like they're not thinking, and they're not aware. Mm-hmm. But. I guess it's like I feel, yeah, like a bad person being like, oh, this is such a problem and it's bad. okay I'm going to go order this dress. It's hard because it's like, what is the right answer?
0: Right. You know what I mean? I think it's just continuing to bring awareness. And I feel like the I feel like brands and like inclusivity has like almost like taken a step back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it was just performative for years and people are just like, Hiring curvy models or like adding a size range and then all of a sudden like it just appears disappears yeah, back overnight. Back to
1: Ozempic when you mentioned at the beginning mm-hmm. like we really are p- pendulum is swinging back to this needle yeah. yeah, which at a high level is another example of speaking of auras too it's all coming together I love when this <laughs> happens like the idea that society just sometimes waves a wand and says, this is in and this is cool. Like I just saw on TikTok how it's like naked nail girl summer and it's now cool. Oh, my God.
2: Wait, do Wait. we all have? Oh, not me, maybe. Mine, mine no. are
1: naked right now just because I have an appointment tomorrow, but it's in to not wear nail polish. And so a bunch of people aren't wearing nail polish and nothing against Alex Roland Dinks. But I was just like, whoa, the way that like. Anyone that we think is the determiner of what's cool can say anything, and then waves people are gonna follow. That's powerful. And I think if we recognize, okay, if the wave's gonna change, and now people are saying, don't paint your nails, that's the cool thing. Like, can we just tell ourselves what we think the cool thing is and just do that for ourselves?
2: Yeah, that's what we need to do.
1: Because it's gonna swing back and then swing back, and then it's exhausting to be
2: on the yo yo. No, if you spend your life trying to chase like the trend, like it's, it, you will be exhausted.
0: Yeah, 100%. I mean, I'm a millennial. and like, I, all my college friends were in a group chat. And I remember last year, or two years ago, everyone was so pissed about like the side part. And people are like, you can't wear a side part. And, I'm like, we've worn a side part our entire freaking lives. And now all of a sudden, people are like, oh, side part's back. I'm like, this is so lame. Like wear yeah. what makes you
1: happy. Wear what makes you feel comfortable.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And instead of wasting the time on the yo-yo, you could be finding like your own style. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's been something I've been working on recently because I I love your Vic fit. Oh, my God. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, for the past two years, I feel like I've been really trying to evolve my style and I have. Mm-hmm. And so now I feel like my next year is going to be what are the clothes that I want to wear because I want to wear them, not that they're in.
2: hmm. hmm. You need to do your three style words. Have you done that? No. We did. Okay. You have to follow this girl on TikTok. Oh, I forget her name.
0: Alison Bronstein. Thank
2: you. She like has you need oh, to Bronstein. Bronstein. This is a tangent, but you need to pick your three style words, and then when you're shopping or you're looking for clothes, you revert back to these style words. And you're like, okay, does this fit into this? And it just helps you be like, okay, yeah, this is me or this is not me. What are your words? Well, we actually did this for each other on another on an episode. What did you say? Mine were. I said yours were unexpected, trend-driven, and sexy. Yeah. And I said Christina's was classic. Well, well you didn't like my last two I words. I don't think you did a good job for me. Last, <laughs> so honestly, Christina needs to do her own words because she was like, oh, I don't really think. Someone well, Christina's style, literally one day she will wear like a freaking like baby doll like little dress. And then the next day she'll be like in a leather trench and like black moto boots. I feel like, <laughs> so, like yeah. I'm the
1: same way. I go, I swing from like really chic and elegant to like girly girl to then sporty. Literally, same. But I don't know any of my words yet. I I need to do this. I love it. (laughs) Although I do know one word would be colorful. Oh yeah, I I love love color. I love rainbows. I love pastels. I love brights. And I looked at my closet, like after two years of you know filtering it out. Oh my gosh, it was all neutral. neutral. It's all neutral.
2: You gotta get some color back.
1: I, I love a neutral moment. I think I am way more a bright, vibrant kind of girl. Like I always want to wear color. Life's too short for me to not be wearing color. Yeah. And it yeah, it's funny you mentioned the words because I recently have been trying to get more color. I ordered a red sweater. I got this green bodysuit. I'm like trying to wear color. I think mm-hmm. it fits me better. Wait, that's so funny because I'll never forget. It was my 30th birthday, and I was in Paris shopping with my mom and my sister. And they're
0: both like very neutral, very chic, very classic. And I was buying a purse for myself, and it was so exciting. And they were both like, You should get the black one or the beige one. And I was like, Okay. And I was trying them on. I was like, This isn't me. And I ended up getting the brightest red you could find. And I was like, I love it. Like, it was just so crazy. But like, it's so yeah. true. Like, you try to adopt everyone else's style.
1: Mm-hmm. But if color is yours, like, go with it. I love that story though, because we're always asking other people for their opinions do you like this? Do you like that? And I had a similar experience buying a bag in Paris and (sighs) I literally like, I'm so happy and I have no regrets, but I was swayed by like, I literally walked into Dior, tried on the saddlebag and was like, not for me. I got an influx of DMs saying what, this is the best bag ever. Mm -hmm. And that overnight I became obsessed and then I had to sit on it. But I've recently been like, stop asking people if you like the dress, wear the dress. It's the people pleaser in me as
2: well. I want everyone's approval. Oh yeah. So you know, it's funny, though, as we're talking about like style and body image, like the recurring theme for us is like outside opinions. Mm-hmm. It really affects like either of those comments from your family, like you're thinking like, what's Max thinking or like, oh, like getting ready for the pool party the other day. Christina, I asked saw that you changed so many times. A thousand
0: no. people for their opinion. I have a problem. I don't know where it comes from. I don't know what it is because I think deep down I know what the answer is. I think I just want people to validate me. Which
2: is fair. Maybe. I all of us want a validation.
0: But even when I get the validation and I hear it, I'm still, like, asking more. I truly asked everyone on the internet. Called my mom twice. You guys
1: made the cutest video. And then an hour later, you were in a different outfit. I was like, wait, what? I changed at the
0: pool party like five minutes before everyone walked in. Like I ask everyone's opinion about everything and I don't know
1: how to stop. But you know what? I have compassion for that because I've been there and you're human and it
2: takes a lot to put on whatever you want and really truly not care about what other people think. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Glennon Doyle talked about this in her book. She was saying like, this was when she found out her husband was cheating and she literally Googled what to do if your husband cheats. And her therapist was like, Glennon, you are asking, like she she was asking everyone, the internet, everything. She was like, it is like a muscle you have to flex. You Mm -hmm. have to practice listening to your own intuition and just like working out, getting stronger. Like you get used to it. So it's honestly just like next time you just have to be like, okay, I'm not going to ask anyone opinion on what I'm going to wear. Like it's a small muscle you have to flex. I always end up going with what I want.
1: I've been trying to ask a group less what they're wearing to a dinner or an event and just doing what I want. And if they feel like they have to dress nicer because of what I'm wearing or down because of what I'm wearing, that's their own thing. But I've been on this note trying to be like, I'm going to wear whatever I want. Yeah. And that's, I think, been a small win. I think it's all about the small wins. Like each Mm -hmm. time we have these little things come up in life to be like proud of yourself and validate yourself. But it is a muscle. Like you said, you have to flex, but you also have to strengthen. Yeah. Like we're working with no muscle right now. We have to build it 100%. Anyways, this was so fun. I mean, it was deep. It was inspiring. It was girl talk. (laughs) You guys are the best. Thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. (laughs) Thank thank you you so so much much for having us. Upcoming guests by following the at RealPod account on Instagram. All information about today's show and guests will be linked in the description of this episode. Thanks again for listening. I love you guys so, so much. Let's go dominate the day. And as always, keep it real.